Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you love stories of absolutely killer revenge, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Seberin. A family's incompetence nearly killed me. Neighbors go nuclear. A few years ago, at the age of 22, I was diagnosed with epilepsy, which came out of the blue. In my appointments with the epilepsy nurse and my neurologist, I was informed, by way of informing those who were looking for a cause for my epilepsy, that I had suffered from measles when I was around 13 months old and was not yet fully vaccinated against it. Upon returning home, I spoke with my sister and remarked that I had never heard of this before. In private, my sister decided that, as it was me who was involved, I had the right to know what she knew of the story. However, she was only 8 years old at the time and was unsure of the true extent of what had transpired. The story that she told me was as follows. Shortly after I was born, a family moved onto our street and they had a son who was around my sister's age. My sister wasn't fond of him, he was a bit pushy but not in an unkind way. He likely just wanted to make friends and pushed his way into playing with the other children. My sister however had an anxiety disorder and has had it for a long time. And she really didn't appreciate this behavior, finding him quite intimidating. She knew very little about his parents and has never actually spoken to them. About a year later, I came down with the measles and was rushed to the hospital with severe complications. My sister explained that, as far as she was aware, the family was opposed to vaccinations and believed that the only way to build a natural immunity was to be infected with a virus. This was before the falsified study linking vaccines to autism. As such, when their unvaccinated son contracted the measles, the first thing that they thought of was to do the other families on the street a favor and send their infectious son out to play with the other children without warning anybody. My sister inadvertently brought the virus into the house and we were both infected. She shrugged it off, but I wasn't so lucky. 21 years later, I would find out that this virus and the seizures that it caused at the time caused scarring in my brain that has left me with epilepsy and all of the joys that come with that. Lovely stuff. I returned from the hospital after an anticlimactic recovery, and a month later, the family disappeared. Until recently, that was all I knew of the situation. My parents were understandably traumatized by the whole thing, and they didn't like to talk about it. So I dropped it into the conversation with an elderly neighbor who was not in any way affiliated with what happened at the time. I was informed that while I was in the hospital, who has since passed away, had confronted the family over what they had done during a time when it was still possible that I might have died. Their response was something to the effect of, you should be thanking us, she'll be much safer now that she's had it, she'll have a more natural immunity now. To my neighbor's knowledge, nobody liked that and for good reason. On top of that, parents didn't feel safe with them around and there were other infants on the street who were my age or younger. People hurtled abuse at them, he recalled, and they ended up leaving to stay with relatives before the house could even be sold. It was only recently that the extent of the abuse was relayed to me by another neighbor who may or may not have taken part in it all. Their tires were slashed multiple times, almost as soon as they were replaced. Their car was keyed. When people weren't hurtling abuse at them in the street, the worst of all being my grandmother, 
who had a razor sharp wit, always being able to come up with something new and unique. They wrote handwritten letters calling them every obscene name under the sun and reminding them that they could be responsible for my death, posting them through their mailbox and sticking them to their windows and doors. The resident baseball boy, with the blessing of everybody present, tore their letterbox off their wall and smashed it in with a baseball bat. One of the residents on the street had a pair of cats, and when they brought any little presents home, she would scoop up the unfortunate prey with a shovel and leave them on their doorstep. This evolved to include the waste of the cats too, and another neighbor who had a dog decided to do the same with his dog's droppings. This would be done primarily when they were out of the house. And this was being done in the heat of the summer, so you can only imagine the smell and the cloud of flies that would be wafting around their porch when they returned hours later. The owner of the dog even went as far as to smear the droppings all over their door handle and as much of their front window as he could, though people found this a wee bit disgusting, so he stopped. While the abuse and letters kept up, people very quickly stopped leaving droppings and such on their porch or sticking the letters to their windows because unfortunately their young lad who was about seven or eight got caught in the crossfire some of the older children caught on to the fact that their parents didn't like his family and began to bully him without ever really knowing why his family was hated so much and this ended up reaching him at school. To their credit, they realized that he likely didn't understand what was going on, and it wasn't his fault. So they dialed it back a bit and kept the abuse to where only the parents could see. This family was so distressed that they took their son and ran to the sibling of one of the parents after the sibling of the other told them quite frankly that they didn't want their unvaccinated son around their children. The house was sold in their absence. I wondered aloud why the police weren't called because some of the perpetrators were very obvious, at which point I was informed that these people had an inherent distrust of any and all authority figures and held the belief that the system was against them. They were being oppressed and that the police would sweep it all under the rug, so they just left instead of exposing their son to the biased police which is really baffling to me because in my country, their community is a majority and they'd be more likely to receive support. So the moral of the story is to vaccinate your children, folks. Considering everything this family did and what they believed in, I don't think there was any saving these parents. To me, they seemed a bit too far gone as far as the conspiracy theories and people are out to get them and... Would you consider what these parents did to be kind of abusive towards the kid, especially in the long term? Or do you think it's just their decision and it's up to them? Let me know what you guys think in the comments. And our final story of the day is by throwaway by twin. I didn't give my twin brother my kidney because he had an affair with my girlfriend and then outed me as bisexual. I, Ryan, and my twin brother Sebastian have never ever been close. In fact, he made my life heck growing up and my parents didn't help by playing favorites. Getting him better stuff on our birthday, only going to see films he liked at the cinema, and giving him extra money for housework, despite us doing the same amount of work. He would always put me down, belittle me, bully me with his friends at school, break my stuff, and then blame me and was just a pain in general. 
Growing up, the only people I knew to rely on was my older sister Jane, my cousin Kai, and best friend Isaac, who all knew what an awful person my brother was. Anyway, cut to when I was 17 and I had my first girlfriend, someone I loved very much. We didn't hook up because she wanted to wait till her 18th birthday to lose it, but it turns out she was having an affair with my brother behind my back for half the time we were together and only got caught when it was revealed she was pregnant. I was crushed. She knew how much I hated my brother, and she saw some of the awful things he did to me, but still went and did that. Cheating is bad enough, but to do it with him of all people? I punched him in the face and broke his nose and made him lose a tooth. But according to my parents, I'm the one in the wrong, and now we have to help this girl who's carrying my brother's child and have to help support them. My brother then said he had no intention of being a father and told my girlfriend to get an abortion. She then ran out of town and I never saw her again. Don't know if she had the baby or not. All I know is that she was gone and my folks were still praising my brother as the golden child. I was still the black sheep and failure as usual. Another year goes past and me and my brother still despise each other but I had started dating again. Was a long while but I found someone. Found a boy I liked. I'm bisexual, and this new guy Daniel I had met at college caught my eye. He was deaf and I studied sign language out of boredom, so we got talking and things just seemed to click. We date, fall in love, bring him to my friend Isaac's party to introduce him to friends, and all feels great. At this point, the only one who knew I was bi was Isaac. But one day, walking into a cinema holding my boyfriend's hand, I bump into my evil twin. He points, laughs, and says some homophobic remarks. I tell him to go freak himself, and I go see a movie with my arm round my boyfriend. When I got home after dropping my boyfriend off, I knew I'd be facing something as I walked through the front door. I saw both my parents on the sofa, my mother crying about how on earth could she have given birth to someone so disgusting. Was it too much to hope she saw the light and was talking about my brother? But nope, she was talking about me and how I'm a stain on our family's name. My father gets up to yell at me, spout homophobic remarks and slurs. At this point, I see my brother up the staircase with a poop-eating grin on his face. He then comes down and says he's uncomfortable with sharing a room with an F-word. And my folks kicked me out there and then. With what little clothes and money I had, I went to Isaac's house and his family took me in, where I stayed for six months actually experiencing familial love and affection. And Isaac's mother and stepdad, I consider my own parents now. Eventually, me, Daniel, and Isaac all get a two-bedroom flat together and all is good for the time being. So, cut to December last year, me and my boyfriend, now husband, Daniel are married. Isaac was my best man. My sister and cousin Kai walked me down the aisle. I have a brilliant job in graphic design, have my own house by the sea, and life has never been better. However, I got a call from my sister that my brother was in the hospital. I hadn't thought about him much over the nine-year period since I was kicked out, but being reminded of his existence brought up a lot of painful memories for me. I was told by my sister that Sebastian wanted to see me and that it was urgent. So I went to the hospital he was in and met my sister outside the front entrance. I ask her what this is all about, but she doesn't tell me and that I need to ask my twin. So I arrive to where my brother is, who have my parents at his side, and my folks actually look happy to see me. As if what they did to me hadn't happened, and Sebastian also looked really pleased to see me. It's safe to say something was off. Eventually I ask what's going on, and why I was even here. 
To which my brother tells the family to leave us two alone. He looks so weak, as before he used to intimidate me so much. He told me he was dying from kidney failure and has been for the past few years, but now he didn't have long left. I knew immediately where this was going. He then said he always regretted that we never got along, at which point I told him no. He looked confused and asked about what I was on about, so I simply told him I wasn't going to donate my kidney to save him. He looked as if I had just pooped in his food. He then went on about how bad the situation was and that he was really sorry for all the things we did to each other growing up. Like, excuse me? We did to each other? I told him that I just wanted a brother growing up that cared and loved me, who wouldn't try and break me every day for 18 years. He then called in our mom and dad and told them that I wasn't going to give up my kidney. They then started to spout off that I owed them for my existence and that I have a duty to look after family. I asked them where that duty was when they kicked me out of the house, or where that duty was every time my brother gave me a black eye, or their duty was to look after the grandchild when Sebastian decided he didn't want to be a father. I said for all the things he's done, from outing me to having an affair with my girlfriend and abandoning his child, that this was the universe's and my way of finally giving back what he dished out to bite him in the butt. I then turned and walked out of the room, having that be the last time I ever saw Sebastian again. Not sure why they'd want an F-word's kidney anyway. I walked past my sister who gave me a look. I gave her a look back, who then in turn gave me a look that said, I understand. After leaving the hospital, I felt as if a great weight had been taken off my shoulders. I went home and never looked back pleased with my decision. Now last week, I get a call from my sister calling to inform me that Sebastian had died. She asked if I was okay and I said I was, that I didn't really feel anything in all honesty. She said she understood to a degree, as Sebastian hadn't been all that kind to her over the years either. I had my husband and Isaac there to support me. Honestly at this point, Isaac may as well be our adopted child since he's living with us till this whole situation with the world is over. The next day, I was getting calls and texts from family members I hadn't spoken to in years, telling me that I'm going to heck for being a bad son being a bad brother, and being an F-word, and that me and my husband don't deserve children. Hubby and I have been looking into adoption and surrogacy. This makes me second-guess my choice of not giving my brother a kidney. Even in death, he's making things harder for me. I did wonder if I was a bad person, and if I made the wrong decision, but I knew that if I was in that position, I would have been left for dead. Screw him. Other bits of information that may clear things up. His renal failure was from living a hardcore lifestyle of drugs and alcohol. My folks and sister did get themselves tested to see if they're matches, and none of them were. I disowned them being my family years ago, apart from Jane. So when I got married, I took my husband's last name and hyphened it with Isaac's last name, to which his folks were very pleased about. Some family, Kai's folks and my dad's brother, have actually called to see how I'm doing and say they don't judge me for what happened. Others, however, have continued with said abuse, whom I have now blocked. If he had been a good brother throughout my life, I'd have done it without a second thought. I'd have done the same for Jane, Kai, Isaac, and my husband. But I felt he didn't deserve it. It's unlikely I'll ever see my parents again, and I'll make sure my children will never meet them. My revenge to them will be being a better parent than they ever were. Honestly, I can't say that I blame OP either. This is one of those situations where, for almost two entire decades growing up, Throughout your developmental life, 
You were essentially tortured, you were looked down upon, your self-esteem was crushed, and then to top it off, they kicked you out and basically said to never come back. So it's no great surprise that later on when they're like, please, I need your help, we're family, the answer would be no because they never were truly family. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of both of these stories that I've read today, which was your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.